Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, more grace to you. If you're listening to this, you're listening to part three of a series that we've been teaching on entitled Seeking the Will of God. And I want to title this one that you, you got to die to yourself. You know, as you know, I've been teaching on how everyone has a purpose and God has called everyone to do something. Then also let you know that a lot of times when you begin to teach people about what God has for them and how God has a plan for their life and what God has prepared for their life, some people will get discouraged and feel like, "Uh uh-oh, well, is it too late for me? I've made a mess of my life. I've made a lot of dumb decisions, done a lot of things that I shouldn't have done. But I did the last series letting you know that it's not too late, that God took David's mess up and turned it for his glory. God took Saul's mess up. God will take it and turn it for his glory. You know, all things work together for good to them that love God and to those who are the called according to his purpose. So I'll let you know that you have to prepare yourself to receive the will of God. And I want to say that to you. Today, as I start on the third part of this, you have to prepare to receive the will of God. Some of you want his will and you're asking for his will, but you're really not ready to receive it. Impatience is what affects a lot of people. They're not willing to wait. But God cannot show you everything at once. If God was to show you everything that he had planned for your life all at one time, I am sure many of us will start rebuking God. No, Lord, I'm not doing that. Are you sure that's what you want me to do? So God reveals his will to us step by step. You know, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but Romans 12 says it like this. The good, acceptable, and then the perfect will of God. So God has to work on us so that we can make sure we fulfill his purpose and do it the right way. And we don't end up rebuking us because he has to prepare us to receive that thing that he's called us to do. Go with me to Romans, the 12th chapter. It's a very familiar passage, one that we all quote in the body of Christ. Many of you, this is your first time here, and if you've never heard Romans 12, you need to get out of the church you go to. The very familiar passage, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove. And that's a very powerful word there. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That word Proof there means to make manifest to the physical senses. Romans chapter 12 said, if you want to know my will, if you want to know, if you want to make manifest the good, the acceptable and perfect will of God, if you want to make it manifest, the Bible declares that the first thing you got to do is you got to present your body a living sacrifice. And a lot of us, when we ask this question, we say, well, we go in prayer and we say, Lord, Lord, what do you want me to do? What have you called me to do? And we think that our calling or our purpose is our vocation, whether it's to be a teacher, whether it's to be a banker, 
whether it's to be a computer specialist, a beautician, whatever it is. That's what we think our purpose is or our calling is or what we've been assigned to do. But I want you to see that God's will is not for you to be a basketball player. God's will is not for you to be a millionaire. The purpose of God on your life is not for you to be a teacher, a doctor, a lawyer, even a preacher. That the purpose of God for your life is to be a living sacrifice. That God's not after what you can do for him, but he wants you. And this is very key because we live in a society that is full of religion and we're trying to do, do, do for God and work for God so we can feel valuable and feel like we're worth something or feel like we're doing something. But I want to let you know that God is not after what you can do. He's after you. God wants you. And if you don't be careful, we can become human doings and not human beings because we are so fascinated on what I can do for God. What can I do to make God happy? What can I do for him? But God wants every believer to live this way. He wants you to live in a way that you present your body a living sacrifice because if he can get you, then he can use you. Does that make sense? If I get you, if you're available and you're willing to do whatever needed from me, I just want you. Just like a relationship, just like a woman with a man or a man with a woman, if they really love you, they don't want what you can do for them. They want you. And if they can have you, then they can have everything that comes with you. Jesus died for you, not for service, not for you to get something from him. God wants a intimate relationship with you. And as I teach this and as God begins to change my thinking, he is showing me that out of everything in this world, more than you dotting every I and crossing every T, I desire communion and fellowship with you. Some of us are praying, Lord, use me, use me, use me in thy service. Use me for your glory. Use me, use you. you." And God is saying that he hasn't used you because you're not usable. You're not usable. You've not presented yourself in a way that you're usable. You're not a living sacrifice. You have not died to yourself. You still have your own ambitions, your own goals, your own dreams, your own things that you desire to do. And God is saying, I want you. So the question should not be, Lord, use me, use me, use me. You know what it should really be? Lord, make me usable. Lord, make me usable. Now that is powerful. Not, Lord, use me, but, Lord, make me usable. Make me a vessel that you desire to use. Make me a vessel that you desire to flow through. Lord, make me usable. Because God wants to use you more than you want to be used. He wants to use you. He wants a living sacrifice. But he wants you to be ready. Let me show you something in John, the second chapter, which is so powerful to me. John, the second chapter, around about verse 23. The Bible says something real profound. It blew my mind. Now, when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover, 
in the feast day, many believed in his name when they saw the miracles which he did. But Jesus did not commit himself unto them because he knew all men and needed not that any should testify of men for he knew what was in man. Now, here's Jesus. He's doing all these miracles. He's doing all these great wonders. But then the Bible declares that after he did these miracles, the Bible said when they saw the miracles, they believed. But Jesus did not commit himself unto them and didn't want them to testify. God did not want them talking about him because he knew they were not ready. Now, that's totally different from what we're doing today. That's totally different. If we have a ministry, if we do a miracle, if we release a prophecy, if we do certain things and we believe that it could cause people to believe, we advertise ourselves. I know it because I've done it. I believe my heart was right, but when I read this, it began to make sure and make me examine and question and make sure my heart is right. Jesus didn't want them talking. Because they weren't ready. Even Jesus said to the disciples, hey, I don't want you to go nowhere until you receive the Holy Ghost. Don't go witness. Don't go preach. Don't go minister until you've been endued with power from on high. He didn't want them to go forth doing anything until they received the Holy Ghost. Because God was concerned more about quality than quantity. And nowadays, we're just concerned about the numbers and getting a whole big bunch of people to come. We're concerned about the masses. We're not concerned about what is being said, the quality of the message, the quality of the people who are releasing the message. If somebody famous or somebody big gets saved, we immediately want to set them up to go and preach and to go and minister and to go and do certain things. And we don't even know if they've been processed, if they've been proven, if they received the Holy Ghost. Jesus did these miracles, but would not commit himself unto them because he knew what was in their hearts and he knew what was in them. He didn't want them speaking out of their own ability. And this is very powerful because so many of us are depending on our money and depending on our riches and we depend on big names and we say, ooh, if this person gets saved, a whole lot of people will come to Christ. But the question is, if they're not processed and they fall away, how many people will we lose? As a result of we just putting somebody up there that would never process and never went through the proper thing that they should go through in order to go forth in ministry. The Bible says if any man have a ministry, let him wait on it. That you must make full proof of your ministry. But this is something that has to be taught and that a lot of us don't understand. And I don't want to get on to something else. But Jesus was concerned about quality because he didn't want them speaking out of their own ability. So he said, don't you say nothing until you've been endued with power from the Holy Ghost. Because God wants you more than service, more than what you can do for him. He wants you. And God wants you to humble yourself and become a living sacrifice. Why would God reveal his purpose to you if he doesn't have your heart? 
Why would God show you the things that he's planned for you if you're not humbly submitted and he doesn't have your heart? Does that make sense? Of course it does. So God said, I'm after you. And this is very important because we're putting people in ministry and we're ready to go forth and we've not become a living sacrifice. And you're not dead to yourself because the minute you get on course and the minute you find your purpose, the minute you find the will of God for your life, Okay. Yes, it will bring peace. Yes, it will bring satisfaction. Yes, it will feel good to be walking in as well. Of course it will. But a target gets on your back. The minute you decide that you're going to mean business with God, I'm telling you right now that a target gets on your back straight from the pit of hell and Satan is coming to destroy you. And I want to let you know that if you don't have that testimony, if you never bump into Satan, I want to let you know it's probably because y'all are walking in the same direction. That if you never run into the devil, you never bump into him, it's probably because you both are on the same team. Because it is impossible for you to be obeying God and not run into the devil. And I want to say this to you. Uh, demons are not reproducing. I believe devils are shorthanded. You know, I know a lot of you always think, oh, the devil this, the devil that. I don't believe the devil is messing with as many people as think they are because a lot of you are not on purpose. Why would the devil be messing with you and you're distracted? Why would the enemy be coming after you? And you're not even fulfilling your purpose. You're not obedient. You're not submitted to authority. You're not doing what he's called you to do. You're carnal. Why? Why would he bother you? You're not a threat to him. You are only a threat to the enemy when you're walking in purpose and you're walking in the thing that God has called you to do. And right now, I'm saying to you that many of you in here today and many of you that are listening to me are missing it. You think the devil is after you. It's not the enemy that's after you because you're not on purpose. But I'm saying that if you are in purpose and you are where you're supposed to be and you are in the right place, I can guarantee you that the devil is coming against you. The Bible declares that the adulteress will seek after the precious life. So whoever is bringing destruction to the kingdom of darkness, that's who the devil is after. And that's why you need to make sure you're ready. You need to make sure you're not just up doing things and you don't have a clear instruction from the Lord because the minute you begin to bring destruction to the power of darkness and you really are a threat, the enemy is coming after you. And I want to say this to you. I believe that God loves you so much that he will not put you on the front line when you're not ready. That sometimes you're seeking God for his will for your life and God will not reveal it to you because he knows that you're not ready. And because he loves you so much and he pursues you so much and he's more concerned about the quality of your life than the quantity of your life, that God will hide his will from you because he knows that you're not ready and you've not become that living sacrifice. Now, that's the love of God, and that's much maturity for God to hide his will from me because he doesn't want to destroy me. So I think we need to think about this. Just because you're big doesn't mean it's God. 
that there's a lot of people out there who are doing things and they're big and they have big ministries, but just because your ministry is big don't mean it's God. I mean, I can easily compromise. You know, the gift of God in my life, God shows me things. You that have been connected, you see me prophesying many things national. I've been offered by famous people and all kind of people to give them what they would consider the word of the Lord or to read their future because of the gift in my life. But, you know, I could easily compromise and do whatever I can do to get big, to get famous, to have money. But you know what? The question is, am I doing what God wants me to do? And I refuse to compromise. I mean, I don't just want to do things to do it, but I I, want to make sure that I'm doing exactly what he's called me to do. And in order for you to get to that place, you got to become a living sacrifice, which is his will. That's the will of God for your life. Lord, what is your will? God said, my will for your life is that you become a living sacrifice, that you die to yourself die to your ambitions and say, Lord, here am I. You die to it. You don't even matter anymore. Lord, this is what I want to do. This is what I would like to do. But you know what? My life is all about serving you. I want you to have me. More than money, more than houses. I want you to have me. I desire intimacy with you and I want to become a living sacrifice. Now, what is a sacrifice? God said you got to become a living sacrifice. Well, you say, Lord, here am I. A sacrifice is something that is placed on the altar at the mercy of a sacrificer. If you become a living sacrifice, you're no longer in control. You got to die. You can't lay on an altar and lay on an altar and be a sacrifice and be sitting up there fussing. You're at the mercy of the person who's sacrificing you. God said, I want you to lay on the altar of my will and let me do whatever I want to do in your life. Where I can completely take your dreams, completely take your goals. And some of us can't do that because we are little babies. You know, little babies are some of the most selfish people on the globe. They only care about themselves. Come on, just think about a baby. They cry when they don't get what they want. They get upset. Everybody in the house has to hear them cry. Everybody has to hear them throw timber tantrums because little babies only care about what they want. And that's how most of us are. We are selfish And we think that the whole world is centered around us just like a baby. And guess what? Most of you have grown numerically and grown naturally, but mentally, you're still a baby. You're very selfish, you're self-centered, and you're set on yourself. And I'm telling you that human tendency thinks only about themselves. If you look at the sin of what? The devil did in the garden. He made Eve think that God wasn't thinking about them and that God was trying to keep something from them and made them begin to think about themselves. They went from being God conscious to self-conscious. And that's why it hinders a lot of us from becoming a living sacrifice because we are very selfish.
Now, there's a whole lot more to this message that I want to give to you. But of course, I only do these for a certain amount of time. I want you to call the ministry. Brian Carn Ministries can go on the website, do whatever you have to do. Call the ministry. And these are things that you need to get in your library that you need to listen to on a daily basis. Things that you need to get in your heart and get in your spirit that can help you. Okay, this is a message only in a portion, but there's a whole lot more to this, and I want you to hear it in its entirety. So go to the website, BrianCarn.com, call the ministry, and all of the information that you need. You know, at Brian Carn Ministries, we do not charge a certain amount. Of course, we have a suggested donation that we would like for you to give, but you give whatever you have. I don't think you should nickel God, but you know, I trust God. I'm not going to compromise. You call in and ask him, tell him you want it, and I believe it will bless your life. And this is something that you need in your library to listen to in your car, to listen to at home, to put in your CD player. It will bless your life, and you'll never be the same. Well, until then, remember, you need to seek the will of God, and you need to make sure you become a living sacrifice. And the only way you can do that is you got to die to yourself. This is powerful. Make sure you call in and get the rest. It'll bless your life. Thank you for listening to the Prophetic Podcast with Prophet Brian Karn. Stay tuned for next week's podcast and visit briancarn.com for more information and to sow a seed into the ministry. To receive this message in its entirety, call 1-855-984-2276 or 1-833-522-5433. More grace, we're excited about your future.